This is the G Podcast with your host, Tommy B. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is episode 166 of This is the G Podcast. Yes, 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 yes. This is the Lankford Freeway, the Lankford Parkway episode 166. If you're in the SWAT, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Yes, I grew up over there. Yet another reason to hate Big Pharma this week, too. As soon as the green stuff, the pollen hits, and and folks like me and friends like me start coughing and wheezing, they come out and make an announcement that and there's an, a butyrol shortage. So uh, my, <laughs> you know, I, I, I can't apologize, but Big Pharma should apologize for that. I know y'all are suffering. You got kids out there who are sniffling, wheezing, coughing, and just unfortunate that this whole abuterol thing. I just hate Big Pharma, but that's what we got to deal with. Uh, Tanya B is here, Vi's out this week. Harold Michael Harvey is here. We're going to talk to him in just about a few. And, you know, love him or hate him, we got to talk about his coming up within the show. Uh, Chris Rock has stolen the spotlight again with his uh, I Got Something to Say. It, it, that's not the title, but definitely this show is definitely about what he's got to say. Uh, it's called Selective Outrage, Chris Rock, the Netflix special that was live. We'll talk about it. Memphis Grizzly, John Morant, uh, the star. I guess you could still call him a star if you can keep that Nike deal uh, on IG Live doing some things he shouldn't have been doing. Buckhead didn't leave the ATL, uh, but we're going to talk to Harold Michael Harvey uh, about whether or not Atlanta's out of the woods. Lori Lightfoot's no longer in Chicago. Uh, and as we tape uh, Selma's 58th uh, Jubilee weekends happening, commemorating Bloody Sunday in Selma. Biden is there. We're going to talk about Biden. And uh, hopefully hopefully he could tell the black people there that he's got something that's not on sand, not built on sand. So we'll, we'll see. We'll talk about that with Harold Michael Harvey. That and more. Tanya B in the T. But let's do this. Let's go ahead and jump into news. I want to do something a little bit different this week. Uh, jump into news with Syracuse Mike. And some of these headlines are, are actually in the news. So we'll come back and talk about uh, some of these headlines, along with some of the newer stuff right after Syracuse Mike. Here we go. News team, assemble! It's time for the Week in News with Syracuse Mike. Enhancements to SNAP, also known as food stamps, are set to expire on Wednesday. The change will impact some 42 million people who rely on SNAP. Households in dozens of states will see their monthly account balances drop by at least $95, with some seeing a reduction of $250 a month or more. Enhanced benefits in Georgia ended this past June. Tuesday was the day that the Supreme Court heard arguments for and against President Biden's student debt relief program. Florida's Maxwell Frost is the country's only Gen Z member of Congress. We need to ensure that our people are, don't have this crushing student debt so that way they can thrive. That way they can move to ownership. You know, Gen Z is on track to be the generation that owns the least amount of wealth than any other generation in this country. So I joke, people know me for being Gen Z, but also being able to not afford an apartment here in D.C. Mr. Biden's plan would cut or eliminate student loans for as many as 40 million Americans. Several Republican states say this is a government overreach. By the way, loan payments are expected to resume either 60 days after the Supreme Court's decision concerning the relief program or 60 days after June 30th, whichever comes first. Chinese officials say they have been open and transparent when it comes to questions about the origins of COVID-19. The Biden administration has pressed Beijing to be more transparent. Both the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal reported recently that the Energy Department had determined with low confidence that a lab leak was behind the eventual outbreak and pandemic. The Energy Department oversees labs in a national network. China has dismissed the findings. One of the biggest questions for years has been, did the virus originate in animals or leak from a Chinese lab? We still don't know for sure. Tuesday was the day that the Supreme Court heard arguments for and against President Biden's student debt relief plan. Mr. Biden's plan could cut or eliminate student loans for as many as 40 million Americans. Conservative justices indicated that they were skeptical about the power of the president to forgive millions in loans. Here's Chief Justice John Roberts. If you're going to give up that much amount of money, if you're going to affect the obligations of that many Americans on a subject that's of great controversy, they would think that's something for Congress to act on. A decision is expected in a few months. 
Polls indicated she was in big trouble before Tuesday's vote, and now Chicago will get a new mayor. For the first time in 40 years, voters decided that the sitting mayor, Lori Lightfoot, did not deserve another term in office. Lightfoot came in third with about 17% of the vote in a crowded field. Now, Paul Vallis, the former CEO of Chicago Public Schools, and Cook County Commissioner Brandon Johnson will face each other in a runoff next month. The big issues hurting Lightfoot, Chicago's crime problems, her battles with police and teachers unions, and the city's slow recovery from the pandemic. Former UGA defensive star Jalen Carter turned himself into Athens authorities Thursday and then returned to the NFL Combine after being released. Carter has been charged with reckless driving and racing in connection to the crash that killed his teammate Devin Woolock and staffer Chandler LaCroix in January. Athens Clark County Police say racing, reckless driving, speed, and alcohol contributed to the crash. Carter was allegedly racing against LaCroix before the accident. Former prominent South Carolina attorney Paul Murdaugh was sentenced to life in prison the day after being found guilty by a jury on all four charges in the deaths of his wife and son. Murdaugh's wife Maggie was 52 and his son Paul was 22 when they were found dead near dog kennels at the family's home in June of 2021. In court, Murdaugh admitted that he lied when he told investigators that he was not at the kennels before finding their bodies. An appeal in the case is expected. Drug maker Eli Lilly announced that they will cut the price of most of their insulin products and will cap the monthly cost. The White House is taking some of the credit for the news. On President Biden's official Twitter page, he reminded everyone that the cost of insulin for seniors on Medicare is currently capped at $35. But in his State of the Union address, he said we needed to finish the job. Adding, well, today, meaning yesterday, Eli Lilly announced that they're lowering prices for everyone else. It's Women's History Month, and that means an honor for one of the world's most popular singers from Congressman Robert Garcia. AURN's Ebony McMorris reports. Mr. Speaker, I rise today to commemorate the end of Black History Month and the beginning of Women's History Month by honoring an individual who represents both so well. She's an icon, she's a legend, and she is now and forever the moment. I want to celebrate none other than who I believe is the undisputed queen of pop and R&B, Beyonce Knowles Carter. The California Democrat says this moment was not because she recently won her 32nd Grammy, giving her the most Grammy wins ever in history, but because... Beyonce is also a role model for millions across the country. She stood up for voting rights, for feminism, for women and girls, for my community, the LGBTQ plus community. For my generation and so many others, she simply is the greatest of all time. For AURN News, I'm Ebony McMorris. Hello, Michael Harvey. Yes, sir. You and the wife got your Beyonce tickets yet? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> I know you're going to get something, right? <laughs> Hopefully we'll get them, though. <laughs> All there any left is the question. You know, they added a third night here in Atlanta, so. <laughs> Truly, I just. <laughs> oh, Michael Harvey's in the building. Y'all give it up once again. Thank you so much yeah, for coming yeah. in, sir. Yes, yes, yes. Deal with my foolishness. You know, I, I appreciate you putting up with me, man, because we, we, you know, we don't do the show off the show. <laughs> what? But anyway, you know what I'm talking about. I enjoy uh, the conversation. Yeah, yes, yes. Uh, anyway, man, coming up, uh, you know, the Georgia Senate, uh, of course, the rejected the foolishness of Buckhead. Let me stop. I shouldn't say that. I'll let you say that but because it, it, it's foolishness. But uh, the Senate rejected Buckhead's plan to, to uh, for secession. Is Atlanta really out of the woods, Harold Michael Harvey? No, I don't think so. Um, you know, the, that move was all about um, a power grab, a white power grab by um, uh, senators um, and community leaders who don't live in, in uh, Atlanta or Buckhead or have any ties to Buckhead. So mm-hmm. the sponsors of the bill lived in uh, Podunk, Georgia, somewhere <laughs> away from the Atlanta metropolitan area. And the um, the, the, the main instigator uh, for, for the for the petition is, uh, you know, is from New York. Mm. It's a transplant from, from New York. And so that's all about white power is, mm. uh, and the, the undercurrent mm. is, of that is to, um, to destroy a, a city that is being uh, ruled politically by black people. Yeah. So I don't think it's, it's, um, it's a done deal yet. I, I think that bill will find its, uh, find new legs 
in the next legislative section session next year. Okay, because if, if people don't realize, if, if you again, we have uh, folks from all across the country who listen to the podcast. Uh, what, Thirty-eight to forty percent of the tax revenue comes from Buckhead. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine taking a forty percent hit in a major city, tax-wise? Oh, you know, I'm I'm a resident of, of uh, Atlanta uh, and Fulton County, and and of course the Buckhead left the city limits of Atlanta with uh, the wealth that is up in Buckhead. Uh, you know, my taxes are going to go up, and you know, I'm, I I I don't like that not one bit. Yeah, yeah. I got think it. I'm paying too much already. Yeah, yeah. And you guys are paying. I mean, some astronomical, uh, definitely housing, uh, some taxes on on your houses. It's housing, period. Ooh. But it's going to force a lot of people, like all the people that Tyler Perry bailed out with, you know, with those large tax payments. Yep. You know, that's not going to last forever. And those same people and a lot of people that are probably on the, you know, not too far behind them in line will experience the same thing. They will be forced out of this city. And it could be by design, like, uh, you know, like you were saying, you know, if Buckhead does separate from Atlanta, Fulton County. Yeah, so true. Uh, the other thing is the Biden administration is facing a challenge. Um, Supreme again. Court again, uh, <laughs> so with the Supreme Court uh, looking at or hearing arguments on student loan forgiveness. What do you see? Trouble ahead. Trouble ahead. Yes. Um, if you if the questioning of the justices was um, uh, or is an in indication of what their ultimate ultimate decision might be. Uh, in the student loan uh, uh, case, uh, it, it looks like um, you know, it it, it looks like um, they are not they're going to strike down uh, the executive order that um, that Biden uh, issued. You know, the cut that you just played from Syracuse Mike on the news um, about you know Justice Roberts, Chief Justice Roberts, saying that with that type of money, the 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 large sum of money, that it ought to be um, legislative legislative enactment as opposed to being done by a declaration of the uh, chief executive. So um, I I think the votes are probably there to strike that down. And um, there will not be any student forgiveness in the near future for, um, you know, my nieces and nephews and second cousins who mm-hmm. have student loans. And I wouldn't mind seeing them have the student loans forgive. I, I don't have any problem with it. I had student loans. I paid my student loans off. It took me uh, you know, a, a number of years to pay them off, but e- eventually I did it. But I, uh, but on the other hand, I have no problem with a new generation being forgiven of uh, that student loan debt. I got you. Another Biden situation with um, D.C. statehood. I sent you the article. Um, there, there's some members of Congress, uh, Democrats on the Democratic side, felt they were blindsided. Uh, by uh, his statement decision not to go for uh, D.C. statehood. Um, can, can you give us some insight into that? Uh, we, uh, Of course, I mean, we're not in D.C., but we, we definitely uh, look, take a look at which it, it, it's impactful because I, I think D.C. statehood has been uh, something that many of us across the country have looked forward to. We have, you know, even if you, you don't live there, you know, mm-hmm. but what, do you, what are your thoughts? Well, you, you know, of course, um, you know, I, I can go back to the um, early 1970s uh, in my desire or, or having an interest in having the District of Columbia um, designated a state, uh, you know, and so we all have, have sort of, uh, we all in our community at least, have um, all um, uh, pushed for that and look forward to the day when it would, when it would happen. But it seems like there's a little politics in play here. Mm-hmm. And I think the issue um, that that Biden is confronting is that the Republicans are getting are gearing up to say that the Democrats are soft on crime uh, in, in 2024. Uh, that's going to be the Republican pitch next year is that Democrats are soft on crime. And in order to uh, straighten out what's wrong with America, you, we got to get tough on crime again. And so some of the of the home rule uh, legislation uh, that was in the bill, you know, um, the the uh, reforming of police, uh, some of the reformation um, activity around policing 
was in this bill, uh, some of the progressive uh, steps that came out of the George Floyd situation stood mm-hmm. uh, to um, to pass. And so Biden is sort of like in a quandary. Uh, he, he doesn't want to tie this um, soft on crime Republican theme around his neck in 2024. And so he sort of very early before it became a controversy said, well, okay, if it comes on my desk, I'll veto it. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's not for it, and I think that's why he he's not for it at this point in time. So they sort of have bite. The Republicans have biting in a box, and and by having biting in a box, we're back where we were uh, when we had these Democratic senators um, bobbling up the um, Voters' Rights Act. Uh, just Cinema and Mansion. Cinema and Mansion. You know, so um, he doesn't have the full authority to do what he want to do. Mm-hmm. And and so he's he's making the at this point in time, he's making the best political decision that he thinks that's in his best political interest right now by backing away from. It. I got you. I, got you. I, I think that's what's taking place. OK. The other thing is um, he's got a challenge as a possibility, primary challenge coming from uh, Marianne Williamson. And, you know, of course, you can laugh at the fact that Marianne Williamson uh, wasn't even close uh, in the uh, 2020 uh, primaries. And, you know, a lot of people view her, I, I didn't say this, as a kook um, because of some of her <laughs> beliefs. And, well, you know, I mean, you know, some of the things she said on Oprah and, you know, and hey. before she even got into politics. That's Call what, yeah. a thing a thing. <laughs> that's what that's, I got to say. That's what folks put the label on. But but I will say this, um, you know, and, and, and you and I always have this conversation because, you know, candidly, I don't care. I look at the White House is, as a means to justify an end. Um, you know, I, I don't really uh, follow politics or or rely on certain leadership based on the color. Even though I will tell you, you can look at my voting record and I invite. I'm not voting for insurrectionists. Uh, I'm not voting for crazies, and you know, I vote for people who have black the black interest and black community at heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what this show is all about. Um, and, and it troubles me. And you and I always have this conversation that Biden comes across, regardless of what he has done and achieved, he comes across as over-promising and under-delivering to the Black community. And it's always, we'll get you next time. And even to the point where, if you recall, when he was running in the primary in 2020, he was in fifth place before going into South Carolina. I mean, they were they were talking about the possibility of him dropping out until James Clyburn really came through for him in South Carolina, and he turned. I mean, his his uh, you know his fortune turned. Well, I, I got to stop you there now because you you keep overlooking the importance of the G podcast. Uh, clearly, a week before James Clyburn came out uh, and and endorsed uh, Joe Biden on your show, you posed the question to me and said, "Out of the candidates, what is the Democrats' best choice?" <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> no, I got you. Yes. That, that happened here on this show, and 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 yes, he did. But I asked you. <laughs> but, That's right. So, I, so I'm not going to give the credit for turning things around <laughs> to Joe Biden, because I know I turned those fortunes around for Joe Biden. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Well, James Clyburn didn't do it. Harold Michael Harvey did it. There you go. <laughs> let the record be, let the record be amended. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I spoke the truth before, 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 before Clyburn. Okay. So that's why he won South Carolina. Y'all give it up for Harold Michael Harvey. Y'all. Yes. <laughs> He's the reason you have Biden in office. So call him. <laughs> Blame it on me, right? Blame it on, blame it on Harold. But anyway, Harold Michael Harvey, come on. I mean, you know, I, I get, you know, the first thing I see on Twitter, and and, and as a matter of fact, Charlemagne, uh, the guy who's on The Breakfast Club this week, got in hot water uh, because, you know, he said something about, well, you, you know, it came down to, you know, of course, student loan forgiveness is huge, mm-hmm. you know, with, with uh, you know, millennials and Gen Zs. I mean, it's a huge issue. So on, on the show, he's like, you know, uh, I think he was talking to Angela Rye. You may have heard the conversation, Tanya mm-hmm. B. But, he, you know, he's basically saying, I'm not, I'm not going to look like I'm going out here. And he said caping for the Democrats. Now, 
I don't think that means, and a lot of people say, well, you must be a Republican. But even when I talk to, uh, you know, uh, Rob Redding, Rob, Rob Redding, and when Rob, whenever there's an opposition to a situation with Democrats, people immediately say, oh, you must be Republican. But I think black voters are going to have to look at any president who makes a promise and doesn't deliver. I mean, you, you got, and, and, and it's not for us to come back and say, well, according to Civics 101, the president has limited power and it's up to Congress. You know, ultimately the presidency, what did, what did Truman say? Buck stops here. The buck stops here. So <laughs> who, who's ever in that office at that desk will ultimately be held responsible, no matter what. You can blame it on Congress. You can blame it on the, I mean, you can blame it on the House. You can blame it on the Senate. You can blame it on the Supreme Court, but ultimately the buck stops with him. So, so I'm, I'm just saying, you know, I, I was watching the Selma 58 uh, on uh, Politics Nation today on MSNBC, um, and and in its 58th anniversary, as we tape of um, the uh, Edmund Pettus Bridge, you know, uh, the Selma. I won't say the riots, but you know, the, the police. <laughs> but it was it was on the police side. Uh, Affirmative action is, to some extent, a possibility in peril. Again, Supreme Court, uh, voting rights bill, we don't have one. And it looks like we're not close to one. Police reform, we don't have, we don't have it. You know, um, there are a couple of reasons why, but we don't have it. The other thing, and now we're looking at student loan debt. These are things that were promised on the platform that really galvanized the black vote. Um, is, 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 there, is there a situation where this president is possibly over-promising and under-delivering from your standpoint? And Tanya B., you're here too. So I'll ask Harold Michael Harvey first, and I'd, I'd like your thoughts too, Tanya B. Over-promising? <clears throat> you know, I, I think he starts out with an agenda of things that he would want to get done and and of course once you identify um an agenda you know and you get the job then the, the thing to do is get to work to try to get those things done so i don't know if it's so i won't go as far as to say he's over promising i will say that he has he has committed himself to certain things for the black community because um he says he owes his re-election uh, excuse me his election to the support he received from uh, Jim, Jim Clyburn and uh, the black community. Um, but, ha but having, you know, said that, um, you know, it, we haven't, the black community has come up short, uh, not only with this president, but with the last democratic president we had. And of course that wasn't anything, very few people, other than for the wealthy, no, no one in America got anything from the last president. But mm -hmm. you know, if you go back, um, you know, to Obama, we didn't get voter rights secured, um, no. you know, during the uh, Obama years. Um, um, you know, that was issues with policing and people being shot um, during the Obama years. And, you know, we didn't get anything done. The, the issue of D.C. statehood was around. Um, we didn't get anything done, you know, but it seems like the issues <clears throat> that, <clears throat> that will. See, they already, they already calling you. They already calling you. They <laughs> somebody's, no. listen, somebody's listening and saying, Hey man, you need to stop. Go ahead. No, he busy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, no, they hear what he's saying. They're like, Hey man, you need to stop. But go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's my ring camera. My, my neighbors are. Um... They listening too. They come They'll be at your door talking about what you talking about. What you talking about? They, they're that. at the door. Don't you say nothing about Obama. You bet. <laughs> they're, they're right. Jesus, Obama, MLK, and JFK oh on RFK. Yes. I, you know, we didn't get anything from him. You know, so. Um, <laughs> Call it ting know. a ting. <laughs> call, call, call the thing a thing. I mean, you know, I was glad to have him as my president. I'm proud that he, you know, that that somebody with some black blood, um, at least that will admit to having black blood, was in the office. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, but but getting back to Biden, I mean, you know, he he set out a, an ambitious agenda for black people because he said uh, he he acknowledged that we owed him 
that he owed us because of the support uh, given to him. Um, I, I see where he's working on those things, but he hasn't come through. I mean, we still don't have, as you said, a voting rights bill. We still um, uh, the 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 D the DC DC should be the District of Columbia should be a state. Yeah, simple as um, that. You know, simple as that. Um, you know, and and the racism is the only reason I can think that it is not a state. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and that's from day one. I mean, I think that was. Um, one of the, the the reasons why the founding fathers didn't want that to be, particularly because you had so many slaves in uh, in the district, um, you know, back in that day. Yeah. And and and, and um, you know, so um, that that's me. I, no, I don't know I, the I problem, no. problems. I think it set out a, set forth an, an ambitious um, agenda, and he has not um, he's not brought the bacon home. Yeah, Tanya B, your thoughts. When I, I look at it like this, you look at the Obama years and you look at the Biden years and Obama you know, didn't get as much done as he wanted to because he had what I call the roadblocks of the Republicans. Yeah. And that's part of what is Joe's issue right now. He's got a roadblock from some of the Republicans. So you can you can have that wish list and you can dream the biggest dreams ever and you can promise whatever. But if you don't, if you find that you don't have control of the House and the Senate, a lot of what you want to get done is not going to get done. I think that's part of Joe Biden's issue. You know, before you even put all of the sexism and the racism, racism and all the other isms into it, I think you know that's part of it. You know, everybody has a great agenda, you know, of what they want to do. You know, I'm going to, you know, like Lori Lightfoot, I'm going to improve education. I'm going to reduce guns on the street. You know what? But you see, you know, what, but, like, you, but you see what happened to Lori Lightfoot. Yeah, she didn't get reelected. But, you know, again, well, to me, and I'm just going to call a thing a thing mm -hmm. to me, Grady from Sanford and Son, who she kind of conjures, in my opinion, and nothing more. I'm not Grady, man. Go ahead. Right. She doesn't have the per that's what happened to Felicia Moore in Atlanta. They had the personality of a wet low main noodle. They had no charisma to me. When I think when I look at look, I get more charisma swag from. Kwame Kilpatrick than I get from Lori Lightfoot. I'm just going to call a thing a thing, as I said. And you know, at the end of the day, the honest, you got to be honest about it. You got to say, if you're in politics and public office or some kind of leadership along that line at all these different levels, if you don't have that and you don't connect with the people, it doesn't matter how much you do, how much the mail of how much of the mail you deliver and, and so on and so on. And Scooby Dooby Dooby in the words of Sly Stone, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I agree. You know, you know so, you, you know, we got to look at that. Too. And the other thing I'll say this about student loans, you know, people have not been paying their student loans for years. And if they don't get the forgiveness, I'm going to tell you right now. And you can you, you can call me on the carpet. The people that have not been paying their student loans, if they don't get forgiveness, they're not going to start paying their student loans. You know, now you can't put that in, in a bankruptcy. But I mean, heck, it took me 15 years to pay off my student loans. Yeah. But I'm just saying, you know, that type of thing. And I didn't go to medical school or dental school. and I'm not a CPA. You know, I'm not a, 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 a biochemistry you know, master or anything along that line. So, you know, I think you know, it, it will be great to, to have that happen or at least give some degree of forgiveness. Maybe not wipe everything out, but give these folks some degree. A lot of these folks are looking for student loan forgiveness are going to be the people that will probably bring up the rear and come out and vote next year in 2024. Yeah, and you yeah. cannot discount them. You can't discount them. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to say this, though. Um, you know, I get the Republicans. I get it. We, You know, you can listen to our show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my 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 record of how I feel about the Republicans and, and some of the things they've done is this show and the GP3 show. So if you if you ever have any <laughs> doubt about where I stand. All you got to do is listen to about 300 episodes. And I'm, I'm, very, clear. I'm very clear. I'm very clear about where I stand. Not even okay? no, not even that many. Not, not even, even no, that many. You are very intentional and deliberate about yeah. the way you feel. So don't get it twisted and don't misunderstand. Yeah. But I'm going to say this. That, you know. I'm going to say this, that if, if things don't change in terms of delivering on the promises made, from the 2020 and even going back, but most recently 2020 uh, campaign, if these things fall by the wayside, then I can tell you it's going to be very, very difficult to galvanize the black vote. 
the way they did in 2020. They're already They're called Ben Crone. Regardless, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. The young vote, yep. this, this, this student loan issue is a significant issue to young voters. And, and if you lose that, if an 82 year old president who is, you know, he's in there, I'm, I'm not an ageist, you know, um, no, but his, his grandchildren, Michael Harvey's closer than I am a little bit, just a tad bit closer than I am <laughs> to, to Biden. But but I'm just here to say that ultimately there are questions already about competency based on age. OK, then you throw in these challenges. It's going to be very difficult to galvanize that young black vote. And I'm just telling you, I think that's what a lot of people are saying. People aren't trying to be Republican. They're just telling you the facts. They're telling you what people are saying in the streets. A lot of people, a lot of uh, a lot of pundits, a lot of folks who are in it for the Democratic Party get talking points who are just in that circle, who are there to protect that circle, will continue to maybe blast the people who aren't being forthright. But they need to be real about this. This is these are real kitchen table issues. So I'm just going to say that and I'll step back. Hopefully that doesn't happen. But I will tell you. You better be glad Rob Redding's on, not on the on the podcast this week because Rob would say, oh. "Burn it down." <laughs> Just, no, not, not no. You know what? I'm not saying we need, no. We need we need Rob Redding's. We but, need but, some more Rob Redding's out there. I but I'm gonna say this, here. not in a literal sense, but you know, like you said, you know, nobody wants to see uh, you know uh, uh, the the uh, insurrection is taking over the country and and all that happening all across the country. But quite frankly, that may wake some people up. Because a lot of folks, are uh, no, I don't know. If you can say that because it, it didn't no, wake no, them no, up no, before. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying. The, let let, let me clarify. Years, the yeah. last four years were just as bad as anything that the insurrectionists could do if they re, if they were in power uh, after the 2024 20, election. But I will say you this. I, I will say this, uh, Mr. Harvey. Mr. Harvey, I'm going to say this. People are are creatures of the moment. They're creatures of the moment. This is about what have you done for me lately. Now I'm not well, saying I'm not the saying the last moment. Yeah. The last moment didn't shake him enough. Well, no, I'm saying in terms of black the black vote, you know, in terms of motivating the black vote, there are already issues in other parts of the country. Georgia, I will tell you, you know, getting uh, you know us off and, and and getting Warnock in office twice, you know, Georgia voters came out. But how are you going to motivate those black voters going into 2024? Because a lot of folks are feel are feeling are starting to feel that they're being taken advantage of, and I'm gonna say that that we got to get ready to go because I gotta. Like, let me ask you a couple of light questions, and then I'm gonna roll. Then we got to go talk about the Chris Rock situation. You okay with a couple of light questions? It's not gonna kill your credibility out there in, in, in political world, is it? Probably <laughs> you know? not. I got just one, just one. The UGA, and I, I didn't I didn't talk to you about the UGA situation. The athlete who was in the accident, uh, Walker, and, and Mike mentioned it in in his news. Um, why do you, I, I get that because initially they made it seem as if the car just ran off the road, but what, I don't know if it bothers me or if people don't see that the young lady who was driving the car had a, her, her blood alcohol was twice the legal limit. In mm-hmm. addition to that, she was doing 104. Mm-hmm. So I get that Walker, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, Jalen Carter is getting a lot of the heat, but they're not they're not saying anything about this lady who was driving the car. I know she's deceased, you know, and, and they're not going to do blood alcohol on the other people in the car because they only do it on the driver. I mean, in, in Georgia. But but just thoughts on that, man. And, and I'll let you go. Um, well, it's a tragic situation all the way around. Mm-hmm. Um. If 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 her blood alcohol level was twice the legal uh, twice the legal limit, limit. Mm-hmm. you know more than likely the people who participated in that party celebration with her probably had alcohol uh, limit probably the same or more. Yeah, they weren't driving. Yeah, yeah. Well, but but now it, it there is an allegation now that uh, Carter. Uh, was street racing yep. uh, with the young lady. Yeah, you know, so uh, you know he didn't stay at the scene in order for him to uh, get tested. So we don't know what his blood alcohol level was. Right. There's um, there there there's a 
I'm a little disturbed about the initial reporting because, you know, you get the impression that it was a single car accident, car ran off the road mm-hmm. for some unknown reason. And now, you know, evidence is coming forth that um, the, the, the there were two automobiles drag racing in throughout the streets of Athens. Yeah. And high yeah. race. Yeah. They call and And one car ran off the roadway and hit a um, pole and. Uh, took the life of um, the driver and and um, and a passenger. Yeah, um, you know, and then you have to look at it, the Cavalier way that um, that Carter is going about it. Yeah. Flew into Atlanta, uh, uh, into Athens, turned himself into police. In 15 minutes, he was bonded out, and in that afternoon, he was back in Indianapolis at the uh, football compound answering questions from uh, team um, owners, um, you know, and so presumably, you know, he's going to get drafted very high. I mean, going before the accident, he was targeted to be a uh, first round draft choice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he may fall out of the first round, but uh, he'll get big, big dollars and he'll, you know, he's a tremendous athlete. He'll have a, a, a good pro career, but yeah. I mean, you know, um, there, there's a lot of questions there that that hovers over this situation yeah. in terms of uh, this athlete's participation in an event that led to the tragic death of two young people. Just like the situation at the um, University of Alabama uh, with the basketball player. Yes, yes. Uh, you know who well, he, um, he he had the gun and and actually he, he had the gun in his car. He 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 says he had no knowledge that the gun was in the car. Um, uh, you know, but then he, he perform he participates in a pregame ritual where some kid pats him down as yeah. if he has to be patted down for a gun. It just so um, uh, tone death or brain death after such a tragic being involved in such a tragic and violent uh incident yeah i agree you know, so, i agree um you, you know so I, I you know i'm questioning the you know the where the morality is in these young athletes today yeah um, and even even in and, I, and i'll leave it at this because we gotta we gotta go to break but even with the schools you know it, it just comes down you know honestly uh you have to look at the program as well yeah yeah, definitely. Okay. All right, y'all, yeah. let's let's go ahead um, and, and we're going to go to break uh, real quick. Harold Michael Harvey, uh, again, thank you so much, sir. Appreciate thank you. you. And we got we to gotta have you back. Got to definitely have you back, man. So, so great. Uh, definitely appreciate you. Uh, let's go to break uh, and we will come back uh, with uh, hopefully the tea with Tanya B, but we'll come back in just a minute. Thank you so much, Harold Michael Harvey. Jay Murphy, and I want to talk to you about the BJ Murphy Show redirecting our dollars campaign. Now, did you know that black Americans have about $1 trillion in spending power? And since 2001, black spending power has increased by 108%. The BJ Murphy Show, we are dedicated to helping aspiring African-American entrepreneurs launch and grow their businesses and provide advertising, media support, coaching, and resources. At the BJ Murphy Show, we're going to continue to be one of the most influential voices in Black America, boldly espousing economic opportunities for entrepreneurs, small business owners, and nonprofit organizations. So to find out how you can become a part of the movement, the Redirecting Our Dollars campaign in your city, reach out to me, bj at bjmurphyshow.com. That's bj at bjmurphyshow.com. Can't wait to hear from you. Now then, children, it's time for tea. It's tea time, y'all. Sipping the tea with Tanya B. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's hope that she's here and remind her that she's she does, here. She's she does here. not she's need here. video. She can turn that off. <laughs> but yeah. Either Ooh. way, what's going on, Tanya B? But let, let me do this. Okay. Before we before we get into that, Tanya B, um, I watched and you watched it as well. So so the big thing, the big news is regardless of anything else that's going on this week, 
Uh, I think the biggest news this week is definitely Chris Rock and and uh, selective outrage. Um, and you know, as always, I take the time to do the heavy lifting so the audience doesn't have to. Tanya B, you had a chance to check it out. Uh, it was a oh, crazy yeah. Saturday night. Uh, Netflix, for the most part, really, they figured out uh, that there may be another opportunity with these live events. And I think Amazon pretty much has already done that with uh, with football, Thursday Night Football. But I think you can expect the way this went. Uh, it was a success. I think you can expect more, either concerts or, or even more comedy shows, possibly boxing. Uh, they're going to be using the live uh, vehicle to help them continue to drive their revenue because, you know, of course, the, the on-demand a part of their business has stalled. So I'll leave it at that. But we want to get into the show. And you know what? Quite frankly, no one was safe. Uh, the Kardashians he went in on, R. Kelly he went in on, uh, Michael Jackson, Snoop. Uh, he talked about woke businesses. Uh, the abortion thing, he spent a whole lot of time I mean, more time than I expected. I think too much you know, time on that. Yeah, yeah. It was it was like kind of cringy at a certain point. Uh, he went in on white men. He went in on uh, not necessarily going in on trans, but just our, uh, you know, the the outlook or how people view trans, the trans community. When he talked about his brother and his dad, uh, if if he gave the scenario. Uh, the other thing is politics. He went in on OJ. I wonder what Dr- what J- Ma- uh, Draymond Green was. <laughs> was how he felt because you know I, I doubt he knew that that was coming his way uh you know and i'm not gonna tell you because a lot of folks probably haven't already seen it but the draymond green jokes they were funny but but i was like damn i wonder how Dre feels about something. that that was like whoa and and hey, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna let you get to it dayton 50 plus go ahead go ahead what just what were you about to say yeah i was just gonna say there are a lot more players in the nba <laughs> that are a lot more chocolate than Draymond Green. Yeah, I think Continue. Just, I think he just picked Draymond out because he's a he's a he lives in that area. I think he, he lives in that area. He's a fan of Golden State, and Golden State just tends to be the champions. They won the championship last year. Um, the other thing is, I mean, picking on dating fifty plus women, uh, and and of course he got to Will Smith. But let, let me say this about the Will Smith thing, um, and and Tanya B again, you watched it. Did it not feel like it was starting to get real personal to you? Well, I, I think that's one thing that it got personal. I think the fact that he hit it early on in, you know, the, the show, so to speak, and then he closed, he went back to it again. But he didn't, he didn't, was he didn't the go last into, 10 minutes. That he didn't go, go, go into it, into it, but he hinted, kind of teased it. But at the end, so, I'm asking, do you think it got personal? Uh, I don't think it got personal. I think what it was was like, let me just show your ass how I am winning from what you did, no matter how many times you try to justify or apologize for your behavior. That's how I saw it. But do you do you not? Let me ask you, though, on the real. Do you not think that there's going to be retribution for Chris Rock calling Jada a bitch? And I, I quote. That's a quote directly from him as many times as he did at the end of that show. And and him calling Will a bitch as much as he did at the end of that show. Do you not think there's going to be some kind of payback, some kind of retribution? Because he started going. Remember remember how often he was repeating it? Oh, what can Will and Jada do to him? No, no. But what what I'm saying, (laughs) what I'm saying is based on the intensity it's it's not necessarily what they would do to him, but I'm not one to look at this as you know two people. Uh, you know, I'm not taking sides. I'm not team team uh, team Will. I'm Will not or team, Chris. I'm not team Chris because I met them both. I've dealt with them both. I, I do think that there's probably a little bit more culpability on one side, and I'll explain why. But I will say in terms of there are people out there who take sides and clearly take sides. You can see it in Twitter that there are people who are fans of oh, Will, yeah. oh, who are yeah. definitely mm-hmm. defending Will. There are people who are, you know, fans of um, the fans of Will, fans of Chris. There are a lot of people with the narrative out there that that Chris is a quote-unquote black comedian doing, you know, uh, blackface white. That his most of his fan base is white. So I'm not I'm not down with him. I'm down with Will because Will is a blacker comedian. It's just that weirdness, uh, you know, in terms of those those people who will follow what I see. Quite frankly, more than anything, 
when I looked at it last night, I was hoping, I said, okay, maybe this is an opportunity for them to just bury the hatchet and just move on. I mean, honestly, and, and based on what I heard, the intensity of what he was saying, it doesn't seem like this is over. Well, I, I did. Th- I do think he went a little bit longer than he needed to. Um, the other thing is you talk about our fan base. Will Smith's fan base was black, but now he has a huge white fan base as well. Mm-hmm. So you know, we are thinking about you know, let, let's call a thing a thing, as I always say. And you know, and I think uh, you know, I, you know, people think when they think of comedians. You know, even like you look at Dick Gregory back in the day, he was, you know, he was an activist. He didn't get out there and just have you like yuck, 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 laughing from start to finish. And that is not what I did with watching Chris Rock. I have not done that with watching Dave Chappelle, although I have laughed more. But, um, you know, it was kind of like he was kind of like, you know, doing some satire, if you will, some dry wit humor, if you will, because to me, some of those bits were more commentary. Yeah, and that's than my point. humor. You you've got yeah. you've got comedians. But he's always yeah. been he's always, always been, been that, that way. way. I mean Chris you, has you, always been that way. You gotta you gotta keep in mind that there there's a a list of pe- of comedians who are what they call observationalists. Okay, they observe. they you know you got like DL Hughley, uh you know Richard Pryor was was even though Richard was funny as hell in, in how he presented himself, uh he was definitely more you know politically you know astute he was an observationalist. Mm-hmm. You had George Carlin, who definitely was plugged in, and he understood. You know, before that, you had Lemmy Bruce. Uh, you know, you had Eddie Murphy, who was plugged in, who, who could be funny. And then, you know, you've had, you know, even even Monique. You know, has the ability. Uh, you know, some more. Some some comedians have more. Even when you look at what was the movie that Chris was in, where he played the pre- uh, ramp running for president. Uh, head, oh, of, head, of, head of state back in the day, <laughs> it was you know, but anyway, but, but actually, it was, <laughs> you know, but, but you know what? It's, it's funny to watch it now. Yeah. Because absolutely. it, it made like you we watching it back then and, you know, him and Bernie Mac and, uh, you know, watching it, but, but you think about the issues they touched upon in that movie. And we're kind of dealing with a lot of those issues still to this day. But I, I will tell you that as an observationalist comp comedian, if you're into that, it was probably more funny than it was for somebody who just wants, you know, uh, it wasn't deaf comedy jam. No. <laughs> oh, no. Never that. If you wanted deaf comedy jam, it ain't deaf comedy jam. So if that's what you were expecting, you're probably sitting there like, dude, what are you saying? What the fuck's going on? Yeah, blah, blah, blah. This ain't funny. But it's a different type of comedy. I'm not saying because I sat there, too, and, and there were some people saying, you know, Will needs to come back and slap him into funny again. You know, so, uh, you know, Chris, Chris has, because I think maybe it's because he's getting older, maybe because he's in a different lifestyle. He's divorced. As you mentioned on, uh, you mentioned uh, during the show, he's single. He's in a different space. And maybe that's because, because in my opinion, if you remember Bigger and Blacker, Bigger and Blacker was funny as hell. That was funny. Uh, This was more of an observationalist type show where, People were waiting for him to say something about Will, and he held off to the end. So you're going to see a lot of negative. You can see, probably see mixed reviews. I'd say probably 50-50 on that. That's my thought. I- oh, one one review I did to USA Today, and I don't know who this you know person, this so-called critic, who they were. Yeah. But they uh, compared him to the old man that lives down the street that's always yelling at the kids to get out of my yard and don't come over here type thing. <laughs> then if you go to the critic from the New York Post, they loved it, thought it was brilliant, thought it was funny. You know, it mentioned a lot of the things that you did, but they still found it to be funny. Yeah. So I, you know, it's just like subjective opinion. And then I did not watch the pre-show, but I did watch wow. the after show, and what's interesting interesting about the after show is that it was hosted by two of Chris's friends, David Spade and um, Dana Carvey from SNL. Yeah, but yeah. they also had Kareem. Did you see it? Yeah, I saw Kareem and I saw uh, yeah, uh, the yeah. young lady from Insecure. The, uh, Yvonne uh, Orgy. Yvonne yeah. Orgy. But yeah. I, I like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has very dry wit since dry. I mean, dry is a chip. Such a human. It takes you. You catch it like after he said it and they've gone on to the next person. Yeah. But the one thing that um, Arsenio brought up that I thought was really interesting is, you know, you got to watch out, you know, who you, you know, who you try to buck up on. And then he brought up the case of Scoy Mitchell, which was very true. And yes, that was another time. But you didn't really hear much more from Scoy Mitchell after he tried to buck the system until Scoy Mitchell died. Hmm. But anyway. Yeah, I hear you. Well, I was, uh, I'll, I'll say this. I'm, I'm going to say this. Um, you know, ultimately, I, I don't know why I, I, Kareem Abdul, Kareem felt out of place to me. And I'll, I'll, I'll just 
you know, say that from my perspective. Uh, I thought it was, you know, I give it mixed reviews. I didn't think it was horrible, but honestly, um, it was worth watching. And I think it's going to be for Netflix. It'll probably go down as, as their uh, their best comedy show ever. You know, when they when they get the numbers back, because it was live, it was a different type of show. Um, but but I, I'm telling y'all that when you watch it, if you haven't had a chance to watch it, the intensity of how he mentioned Will's name and he went into Jada, he talked about the entanglement, the way he was, his eyes, you could just see it like, oh shit, here we go again. Oh, you know? he was punching, he was punching Will Smith and Jada from the stage. Yeah. And he took it like Pacquiao, as he said. But anyway. Okay. And now, okay now, see, can I finish my tea, please? Go one ahead, thing I took tea. away. One thing I took away from this is, I said I had my top five, you know, uh, t-shirts that I would have, you know, printed for sale from this show. The first one is Snoop Dogg is the new Morgan Freeman. You know, he <laughs> he sells what smorgages, sm- whatever it is. Yeah. My other one will be uh, R. Kelly and Michael Jackson, same crime. Who had better songs? Um, number three would be I took the hit like Pacquiao. Okay. Number four would be the real Kardashian curse. If you caught that, I'm not going to get no, I'm not going to talk about it in case people didn't see it. Yeah. And then I have a, I have a tie for number five and that would be, um, uh, New York can pick or weigh in whatever, whichever one you think it should be ranked higher. The Royal family is a sugar Hill gang of racism. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> and the other one is they invested in slavery. Like it was something they were selling on shark tank. Yeah. But you know, yeah. you know what I like? And he was talking about his daughter and he kind of kept using it. Uh, you know, excuse me, but you know, for some of the folks who are sensitive on the show, touche nigga. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, too, but you know what? That came when it came from. It came, usually was just touche. Yeah. I thought uh, now if, if I charge him a dollar for every n bomb he dropped, I oh, have more money oh. than every every b bomb he dropped. And I'm like, man. But maybe he figured because he was, you know, amongst most of his people. Yes, it was in Baltimore, Charm City. Didn't see a whole lot of people. It didn't look like us. But I wonder what the criteria was to get in there. It wasn't like you just went down there and bought a ticket to be, you know. Oh, I've yeah, been to some of those type. Yeah. You no, know, I've been to some of those types of tapings, and there are some people yeah. that can go and buy tickets but the rest of the people get invited by somebody connected to the show and that's why you saw some local DJs some local politicians and Stephen Hill I, yeah and I'm <laughs> no Miss, Mr. Shantae Moore um, you know you saw people like him so with that said I know we don't have much time can I move into my no, team no, no, real quick just just let me a couple okay. of things and then we'll move on from Chris but but the, the the Disney Illuminati package was hilarious. I thought, you know, when he was talking about what they got when now that he can get versus being on the church bus. Uh, the other thing I liked was the fact that he said he's rich. He identifies as poor and his pronoun is broke. So I, I thought that was crazy. And then um, he he went in on older women, which I thought was like, damn, when he said that older women uh, the first thing he hears from him from them is, "Can you help me fix my roof?" And and they have the worst version of a good car. So, all right, go ahead. <laughs> so the so the young girls don't have a roof, and they are they don't even have a car. They want you y'all to get them listen. a car. So. Y'all gotta listen. So yeah, I mean, I don't want to give away too much of it. Yeah, um, yeah. And, go ahead, Okay, we got. I got four minutes for five minutes for for, for fifteen minutes worth of tea, but I'm gonna just try to keep it up. Yeah, and I'm just gonna roll. Good. This was worth it. No, I'm just gonna roll with it. This was the biggest thing of the week. Honestly, this is this is the biggest thing. Go ahead. What if we didn't have that? Mm. Okay, I want to talk about the Jackson family now. Uh, you know, T.J. Jackson. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> T.J. Jackson, the son, the son of Tito, nephew of Janet, is has come forward saying that he thinks his aunties shows are too over sexualized, and he doesn't care for it. But she don't care about what he has to say either, because she's not responding, and he better not ask her for any money. You know, her together again tour kicks off April fourteenth at the Hard Rock in Florida with Ludacris. But what's interesting, what is also ludicrous? No, 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 no. Tino Shade is um, there's this uh, gentleman Jeffrey Phillips or Jeffrey Charles whatever his name is and he is uh, allegedly a Toya Latoya's ex-fiance and he was on that reality show that she had and he did ask her to marry him and she said no I don't want to marry you but now he's been accused of stealing a bunch of things from Michael Jackson's home uh, a few days after he died, like Michael's pajamas, uh, photographs, gold and platinum records, letters from Michael Jackson's children, stole some allegedly stole some hard drives. And it was 
valued at over a million dollars. And now Jeffrey is demanding that Miss Catherine Jackson be grilled under oath. Now, mind you, the woman is 92 going on 93. She's had a couple of strokes and she's not in you know, the best of health. And now uh, Jeffrey's claiming that Catherine Jackson told him to do that. And I think he, he is not a G. He needs to go over there, sit in the corner with R. Kelly, Nick Cannon uh, and, and Jaguar Wright and go fold some laundry. I think that is ridiculous. OK, what's got next? OK, uh, we talk about Angie Stone. Now, one thing about Angie Stone, she knows how to take the right R&B samples and make a hit record. The OJs, I mean, she took, I wish uh, she used um, Backstabbers for that hit. I wish I didn't miss you. And she has a new record out called Kiss You, which samples Harold Melvin in the Blue Notes, I Miss You. But in a recent interview, she spilled about how she wrote songs like Apache, Eighth Wonder, and even in the, the West Street Mob. You remember that? Let's dance. I know you got the feeling. Let's dance. Come on and get down. You, no? You remember I'm that? just letting you okay. do the tea. Okay, no, Angie was saying that she wrote, and that's her singing on those songs, and she never got a dime for it. She wrote it, never got a dime. She sang, never got a dime. And she said when she got to be 25 years old, she was basically told, because of the way you look, you either do what we tell you to do, shut up or get out. Now, she's a dope, dope songwriter. You know, she's worked and written with people like Betty Wright, Prince, Lenny Kravitz. Of course, she was D'Angelo's brown sugar. And Angie claims that um, she never even got paid for being sampled on Bruno Mars and Mark Ronson's Uptown Funk. And then um, and when you think about Dr. Dre's Keep the Head Ringing, when you hear ring, ding, dong, ring, a ding, 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 dong, it's from the sequence Funk You Up. And she said that by the time she and Cheryl the Pearl and Blondie got any any um, thing from that, it was like they had to split, split like a penny, like the Supremes had to back in the day. So she's really, you know, she was very classy based about how she put people on French Street. But it's like, don't play with Angie Stone because she is from South Carolina. OK. Now I'm going to talk about, uh, this is a really, this is really sad, unfortunately. Um, Tim Norman, the son of Miss Robbie, known for uh, Welcome to Sweetie Pies on the OWN Network. He will be in federal prison for the rest of his life for the murder for hire of his nephew. Okay. His who kills their nephew mm. for insurance money, um, a ton of other crimes, mail fraud and all, everything else. And there was a, an alleged uh, future plot for him to kill his mother and to kill his son's mother after he broke in his mama's house and act like he didn't know who did that. And I just, you know, I know Miss Robbie feels guilty about leaving him when she was an Ike, but she needs to stop defending him because I think that's part of his problem. So uh, I don't know how. Yeah, she got in front of the judge and was begging for mercy. I'm like, you, I'm begging for mercy for somebody that tried to kill you, that killed you. I'm like, Miss Robbie, you got some issues. I'm just calling a thing a thing. And somehow Tim got a mess, got somebody to post a message from him on social media claiming his innocence. And I'm like, go. Go over there in the corner and sit down with Jeffrey Charles and R. Kelly and Nick Cannon and Jaguar Wright and fold the laundry because Tim Norman, you, you, he, goodbye. He's, uh, thank you. Bye bye. <laughs> exactly. Right. See ya. What you got next? <laughs> uh, I'm like, no, see, you wouldn't want to be here. Um, okay, here's some documentaries. It's like, here we go again with this. Foolishness. Uh, here comes Jesse Smollett again. There's a five-part docu-series <laughs> appropriately entitled Anatomy of a Hoax coming to uh, Fox Nation. Uh, nobody else would take it. And then they decided, I guess, because he's um, black on certain days, that it should go on Fox Soul. It comes on March 13th. And it was funny. That was the only takers. But Jesse is nowhere in this documentary. But I'm going to tell you who is in there. And they are talking. They are singing like... Um, Mm, they're going to the federal pen or those two African brothers, you know, the ones that he hired, you know, to participate in the hoax, the ones that he hired that were caught on film buying those items and the ones that were uh, caught on film rehearsing the hoax. So I don't care to watch this. That's going to be and, a zero point zero share. Nobody cares. That's all. I mean, I right, nobody cares. It's a waste and of if time. Jesse, you know, waste of time. If, if he if he wants to have a job, he needs to go somewhere and beg his sister journey. Or, or jazz or the other ones that are on TV and just work behind the camera because he tried to come back with that movie on BET plus and nobody cared about it so oh, much. I couldn't even tell you the name of it. So nah, it's like, eh. and if, you know, if anybody cares about old nasty Neil, you know, he's got a, he's got a pony up millions uh, to his uh, ex-wife Crystal and the, and the children, the three children's. And he's still trying to redeem himself claiming that because of what she said, it cost him gigs. No, you're out there raw dog and getting two people pregnant at one time while you're, while you're married is what cost you your career fool um and uh he's self-financing a documentary called in my own words and 
I don't care about that either. Nor do I care. No else I don't really don't care about. And this is not a G move is uh, seeing this new regime at CNN thinking that Charles Barkley is going to save them. And I don't see Gail King as as much as I'm not a fan of CBS this morning. I don't see her leaving CBS to jump on that Titanic call CNN to uh, to think that she can save that. I, I just don't see it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Appreciate you, Tanya B. Let's okay. go ahead and jump in. What you watching this week, Tommy B? Hey, real quick, y'all. I uh, got to say congrats to Michael B. Jordan blowing up the spot here in the ATL yep. as it was shot and filmed. Creed 3 filmed uh, here in ATL earned $58 million. Uh, it tops this week's box office. It's already the biggest opening of the trilogy, so congrats to Michael B. Jordan. Um, again, Saturday night's uh, Chris Rock breaks new ground with Netflix, and y'all can expect definitely to see Netflix doing more live um, because uh, when the numbers come out, if they're, if they're willing to actually share the numbers, it's going to show up as a huge number, so we'll see. Also, if you haven't had a chance to see it, you should definitely check it out. I need some feedback on it. The, the strays on Netflix just left me shook. Uh, not mm. for the horror or the gore, but just for that crazy-ass ending. I appreciate Gigi <laughs> for reaching out to me and, and, and giving me some feedback on something I posted this week. But, but definitely, audience, we need to talk about the strays, man. What a crazy-ass movie. And it's not bad crazy, but some of y'all may hate it. Uh, and it's getting mixed reviews. Fox News, uh, interesting you should mention Fox News. Really and truly, if if I were um, whoever prosecutes this Dominion trial, I think at the end of this, they need to make Fox News run a disclaimer before every one of these shows. And it should say for entertainment purposes only going forward, because the the amount of lying that Fox News has done over the last couple of years, it really it's it's like the WWE of news. So I think they should make them actually run a disclaimer. And real quick, Kiki Palmer, congrats to her for Leotis and Andrelton Jackson on February 26th. Congrats to her. I don't know if I had a chance to say it. Blackish, grownish star Yari Shahidi. Uh, she's going to be starring and she got Twitter all crazy for her being Tinkerbell. I don't know why they hate on the black stars for doing these Disney movies. Uh, she's going to be Tinkerbell and Peter Pan and Wendy. Uh, Vanessa Bryant has settled uh, the helicopter crash lawsuit. She's going to get 28.8. And also Marseille Martin, who is grown as hell, doing her thing and making money. Uh, she dropped the trailer for her Disney series Saturdays. It's going to be out. Tell the kids, tell the children. It's coming out on March 24th. And uh, Paperboy, you know Paperboy, right? Uh, Brian Tyree Henry. He's going to be on yes. Essence. Uh, your favorite mm -hmm. Bailey, Chloe Bailey has announced that she's going on tour. <laughs> and, you know, it's crazy. She's going, well, you know, filling in the gap. She needs to just open up for Beyonce if they let her do it. Um, but she is, uh, her in pieces tour starts April 11th. And check this out. I didn't even know this was possible, that they actually had these kind of numbers. But The Last of Us, which I watch every single week, is, yes. is at the billion minute week per Nielsen. A billion minute stream. That's crazy. That's crazy. And your boy is De La Soul are streaming on digital. If you missed that music, it's now on digital. They kept it off digital for a long time. So congrats to De La Soul. And of course, Vi's not here this week, um, but a couple of things, and, and we're going to talk about this probably next week. And I know, Tanya B, you're out next week. Uh, Talib, yeah. uh, Talib's going to be on uh, hanging out with me. If, you, if, if you're from the ATL, uh, Talib Shabazz and Jazz ran the legendary music store Earwax Records, and he's going to be on with me. I ain't talked to Talib in years, so we're going to talk about the Atlanta music scene and stuff. Uh, but one of the things we want to mention is the John Morant issue. We're keeping an eye on this, uh, the viral footage with him beating up the teenager with a gun on his waistband. Uh, then, you know, you see the separate incident where he and nine friends, friends reportedly, they're at this uh, finish line shoe store in a mall. Um, and uh, the recent allegations also involve someone riding in Morant's car pointing a laser at a member of the Indiana Pacers traveling party. Um, he denies all this, but but now he's on suspension for uh, brandishing a gun on IG Live. So we'll see how that turns out. And uh, y'all quit complaining about Trey uh, in Atlanta because Trey ain't even close to <laughs> these kind of shenanigans. You know, he just needs to fix his three-point shooting on the court and he'll be all right. Any last-minute uh, thoughts, Tanya, before we get out of here? 
I know just um, for those of us who still love the legend, the legacy of Luther Vandross, check your local PBS station for uh, time and channel listings. Um, they're rebroadcasting his concert from 1994-95 live from Royal Albert Hall. And that was that was just legendary. So uh, it's on demand. Check it out. We love Luther. No, that's Luther. L-O-O-F-A. Luther. Love some, yes. love some Luther, man. Can't wait to see. Yes, it. yes, yes. All right, y'all, really appreciate you checking us out. Definitely, you can check us out every week live on um, YouTube. As a matter of fact, I know some of you stream the audio, but if you want to stream the video, this week, uh, you know, Tanya B, we're, we're kind of, we got some technical challenges, but we're working through them. Hopefully, we'll have it done yes, within we the next are. couple of weeks. Uh, but you can hear the voice, can't see her, but she's definitely on. Uh, thank you again, uh, Vi's out this week, and, and hopefully, we'll have him back next week. But we will see. With that, y'all, episode 166 is in the can. We appreciate you. Thank you for your support. And uh, give us your thoughts. Go to castropolis.net. Love to know what you think about Chris Rock. We are out of here. Peace and power to the people. Langford Parkway. You've been listening to The G Podcast with your host, Tommy B. The G Podcast is a production of the Castropolis Podcast Network. Thanks for listening.